0: Welcome to episode 47 of the Champs and Chums podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Ashton. Father-son fun talk on sports, life, and friendship. Coming up on episode 47, a tip of the cap to sports fans in Canada and to the world. We'll go one-on-one and best of with National Award winning producer, director, writer, and author Craig Colby father son free for all will cap off our very best of we'll go gold silver bronze for favorite father and son sports caps and we'll head for home on episode 47 with our special segments all pro go a did you know sports spotlight and champs and chums personal salutes to our stars on and off the field that's all coming up on episode 47 of the champs and chums podcast welcome back to champs and chums happy july everybody we hope you're doing well it's anthony and ashton here so glad that you're with us for episode 47 of champs and chums uh and it is my pleasure it is my privilege i am so proud now to bring on to the air for you great fans my co-host and forever chum ashton ashton how you doing my man
1: I'm doing great and I can't wait to start off episode 47.
0: 47 episodes deep of father son fun talk about sports life and friendship. And so glad that you're with us here. It is, we are in truly Ashton, the hardest summer for this July. So many things to catch the fans up on. Uh, it's been a busy month for sports, it's been a busy month for your co hosts. Um, but I guess actually, you know what, Ashton? I, 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 where we have to start it off is that fans, you might have seen it on social. Very special, special month for your uh, the co-host that's uh, to the right of the broadcast chair here, uh, Ashton. It was your eleventh birthday. Happy birthday, Ashton! That's shared on the air. We want to thank all you fans for. Uh, Wishing uh, my co-host here a great birthday. Ashton, tell all the fans, uh, how was it? How do you feel about all the wishes that came across social for you?
1: Well, um, I want to thank everyone who wished me a happy birthday. It was an amazing birthday turning 11, uh, second year in double digits. And, um, you know, it's an amazing feeling. You're just getting every year, you're just getting a year older and you feel, you know, more smarter and intelligent
0: that's right or or or, yeah that's right you you absolutely will right you know you know they say you get the older you get the wiser you get right and that that's hopefully the case for uh for everybody and especially you asha and i can definitely vouch that uh the promise and the potential as you continue to navigate now in your 11th year in this thing we call life i think will be an amazing journey for you with uh with so much so much special things um so happy birthday my man and uh I know, uh, obviously lots of, of, family things, lots of friends, things that you would have done to celebrate. And, uh, you know, your dear old dad wanted to put a little bit of a punctuation as it relates to, uh, uh, you know, a gift to you. I think you're going to actually lay later on in the segment, um, talk about one of them. But, um, I know that you were, um, talking up this for a very, very long time, Ashton, just so you guys know, um... Ashton is a big fan of the Blue Jays, as you've seen, heard, and discussed on our channels, but um he always wanted to get this this uh special jersey. Did you want to did you want to tell the fans, Ashton?
1: Yeah, it was the uh powder blue uh, Vladdy jersey.
0: So you graduated, my friend. Uh and I listen, the backstory to get that jersey was some kind of elusive. Now, those of you that have been down to the Rogers Center Know that you know the and Ashton. You can tell the fans that the main Blue Jay shop, the big one. I think it's near Gate um,
1: One Nineteen, some something near that.
0: It's around that One Nineteen section area, but I did. Uh, sorry, I can't place it right now. But uh you know, you could probably get pretty good inventory there. But when anything outside of that, I mean, it, it's it's Hudson Bay rules, guys. Like trying to find this stuff. So mm-hmm. I went on a. Quite a journey over. It was probably a three-day span to try to, to, to nail this down for you. And uh, shout-out to the good folks at Bramley City Centre, at Lids. Lids is going to be the theme, actually, of this episode, Ashton, because yep. we've got some special guest fans that we're going to tell you about in a sec. Uh, but, yeah, the shout-out to the folks at Lids who were super helpful, um, made it happen. We did the uh, the fitting to make sure it worked. And what do you think about the jersey?
1: Well, it's an amazing jersey. Um, it looks pretty stylish, and uh, you also got a uh, Blue Jays jersey as well.
0: Well, you know, I had to follow your lead, son. Right? I mean, so yeah, I lived with my my <laughs> my Troy Tulowitzki jersey mm-hmm. from twenty fifteen, uh, the dark blue, and I kind of take a liking to that powder blue. And when I saw Ashton, I mean, uh uh, you know, uh, get gifted with this uh, this great powder blue. I said I just gotta follow suit, and uh, my favorite Blue Jay, and he's probably not one of the most popular, but I got to tell you, he is one of the most talented sort of fall under the radar guy that's having an outstanding season. Number fifteen for your Toronto Blue Jays. Number one in this co-host heart. That is wit. Maryfield two hit wit two hit wit more like four hit wit at the time of this recording he had a massive game against the Dodgers last night anyways folks Ashton yeah thanks for interjecting there yeah I I got myself a Whit Merrifield jersey and uh gonna proudly wear it as I head down to the ball yard dare I say not just for regular season games fans but hopefully some playoff action down at the Rogers Center what do you say Ashton
1: yeah, I mean those two jerseys are really, really nice and it's it's actually surprising that they don't have like many Merrifield jerseys in the J shop.
0: Well, you know, your dad's always proud of himself as, as kind of a very unique guy, right? And so, you know, everybody's getting the popular stuff, the things that are, are fully consumable out there in the world of commerce and retail, right? Like but
1: Vladdy, like Vladdy. Bo-
0: Georgie Georgie uh who else uh maybe Romano would you put Romano in that category
1: maybe Chapman
0: oh yeah Chappie for sure by the way well so many things to talk about the Kiermaier Chappie, too Kiermaier for sure but but Wit, he kind of falls into that category when you pull back the numbers and you look at the the compliment I feel like I'm selling this guy it could be his agent Ashton the speed As a veteran player, he's 34 years old, came over in that deadline deal, folks. Actually, wow, so much to talk about. At the time of this recording, we are days away from the MLB trading deadline on July the 31st. It could be a huge, huge day for the Toronto Blue Jays if they can land some more key pieces, Lots of rumors bandied about, about Shohei Ohtani mm-hmm. Ashton. Yep. Whether he's a com- a coming as that, a Blue Jay. That
1: would be the big find there for the Blue Jays. And I think that would be a really big move. And I think would be a pretty bold move if they picked up Shohei.
0: Oh, man. It'd be, it would be... <laughs> like, I mean... You know, well, I, I I'm just thinking about it now, folks, and I I am actually just I I'm actually do, I'm I'm at a loss for words what it would be if this. I mean, you'd have to mortgage the future in a very big way for sure. Um, but anyways, we digress because I'm coming back to the story about Merryfield, right? And yeah, he just falls under the radar, but I feel like, yeah, you're right. I don't think I've actually seen anybody wear a yeah, Merryfield yeah. jersey at the park.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird. And uh, it's, you know, Merrifield's a great player. He's a great fielder. He's, you know, he can play left field. Anyone. He can play second base. Yeah. all so right. Yep. Um, he's got the speed. He's got the hitting. Yep. And he's just an amazing player. And I think with Shohei, um, if they pick him up, it would be a big, bold move, especially in the second half of the season. Like, yeah, if they had but, him during the playoffs. I
0: mean, Ashton, I mean... You are going to have to give up a king's ransom to, to 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 pull. I mean, listen, I mean, all the faith in the world. I mean, these are why these guys get paid the big bucks to make big decisions. So, I mean, I don't see this coming in, but there's rumors that are three teams involved in, in getting Shohei and among the three, everybody, your Toronto Blue Jays. Can you imagine if they can pull that uh, together? They would have to mortgage the future it becomes a question of of where they think they're at like i mean i think the window to win the world series is is 2 years and then you might have to break the team up it's kind of like what the leafs are in 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 a little bit of a dilemma as they call it right now mm-hmm. where it's like the window to win right now with such amazing players so you're right toronto the toronto sports scene right now is is really really intriguing very intriguing
1: yeah it is um so for the Jays if they're if they want to get Shohei they're going to have to pull out some big bucks here.
0: Well, it's not just the dollars, it's the talent. Yeah. I mean, but that's you true. know, I think that's one of the things in sports today that and we see it with 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 Austin Matthews. Ashton and I were talking off air about uh, Lionel Messi going to Inter Miami. Like nobody would have thought that. Yeah. Uh a couple years ago that MLS would be kind of the trigger point for these massive global names in sport, not just soccer and sport, like a guy like Messi mm-hmm. coming over to play. You know what it's all about there, Ashton? It's about endorsements. It's it's more the off the field, the off the court, the off ice stuff that um, would really motivate the player to make that kind of a move, right? So in the case of Otani, I kind of wonder whether the, I mean, Toronto is obviously a, a big, big market, uh mm-hmm. you know he's been rumored to go to baltimore man if baltimore gets him look out of course the yankees are always in the conversation but they've slipped a little bit they're always in the conversation though to buy
1: somehow the rockies were in the conversation
0: yeah, yeah the rockies were too but i mean i i just don't understand that strategically because the rockies are actually at the bottom of the standings they they're got to be sellers so i don't they, you know, I, I'd love to be in a fly on the wall uh, for some of these conversations from with big-time agents and big-time players and organizations who are looking to muscle their way in, not only just to win, but to win for a long time, right? So, yeah, sports is a big business today, and I mean, we're taking this in a, in a, in a totally different direction, but that's why they call it father-son free-for-all, everybody, because your co-hosts here are talking about some real fascinating topics, but uh, yeah, I mean, oh, oh, um, l- let's let's bring it back here a little bit, Ashton, um, because we—I don't want to—I'd be remiss if I didn't celebrate your birthday with a little bit of drink, right? And you know, you're only eleven, right? So there's some special things that your co-hosts have done here. Um, yeah, if this uh, podcast was brought to you by Video Version, you'll see that. Um, Both Ashton and I have celebratory drinks, but Ashton, you've got the most special one and it's kind of was a major find that you had on your way up to Muskoka. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, uh, prime, uh, probably one of the quickest growing sports drinks in the world, um, made by KSI and Logan Paul. It was a really smart idea by them because this is just growing really, really quickly. And, In Canada, you can only get four flavors, the four main flavors. Uh, Blue Raspberry, Ice Pop, Tropical Punch, and Lemon Lime. Lime lime. But in Muskoka, and now they're starting to sell it more in Canada, near us in Brampton too, they're starting to sell a new flavor of Prime. Um, Well, it's not really new, but it's one of the newer flavors. Um, But it's pretty rare to find in Canada, Strawberry Watermelon Prime.
0: Like, Ashton, are you are you taking a cut from all these sales here? Like, honestly, did you just develop a business card that said you're a regional sales manager over at Prime or something? Because <laughs> that was an outstanding summary of what is an outstanding drink. And on the air, folks, we decided to, to have a little celebration. So Ashton's got his version of the best of drink. That's Prime. I hear, uh, again, uh, we're going to give you the pictures and descriptions knowing this is uh, radio here. Uh, I've got the, the uh, I guess the poor man's version of Prime. I've got the Gatorade Zero, but it's actually really good, Ashton.
1: Yeah, Gatorade's pretty good.
0: Now let's let's size up the competition here. The tail of the tape, as it were. Gatorade Zero, zero grams of sugar per bottle. I've got the berry flavor in my hand. It's a uh, it's charged with lots of electrolytes, is what I believe it to be. Uh it's only 10 calories in a bottle Ashton this Gatorade Zero and it's 591 millil- mi- milliliters. Well, let's uh, put it up against um um uh Prime.
1: Okay, so Prime is 20 calories, uh zero fat, um uh, ze- uh 5 grams of carbohydrate. Uh what else? Uh the sodium is five milligrams and i think there's only like 24 grams of sugar in here
0: okay good stuff well it all the tail of the tape is only just comparative but uh and ashton you've got something else to add here
1: there's also uh 705 milligrams of electrolytes there's antioxidants um uh, vitamin B and uh, 10% coconut water.
0: Well, the only way fans will be able to test this tail of the tape is if, you know, after the show, after recording this show, Ashton and I have to drink the full bottle of this. We will, cheers in a sec. Um, but we have to go out, uh, uh, take some batting practice, and whoever hits the ball the furthest. Uh, we'll win that tail of the tape. And actually, all this I'll st- talk about electrolytes has got me really charged to actually try that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Good stuff. Well, speaking of trying that, cheers to you, my friend. On your 11th uh, birthday, may it be memorable and may, may your uh, may your year be magnificent. Here we go. Here we go. Now, folks, that is a really good Gatorade Zero. We're going to get Ashton's take on... Um, the uh, watermelon uh, uh, selection here from Prime.
1: Uh, it's really good. Um, ten out of ten, honestly. Um, yeah. So um, you know they don't really sell this flavor in Canada. They well they didn't used to, but now they are starting to sell it in Canada. Um, I I thought it was I thought um this flavor was the best flavor, and to me it is. Um, But I don't know about Gatorade. I mean, I've tried it before. It's okay. You have
0: your doubts, do you? Eh? Well, I tell you, dear old dad's uh, a lot more. Fa- uh, I favor the the Gatorade Zero more because it's a heck of a lot cheaper, fans. Uh, these bottles of Prime, I-, I think actually I heard you could have got it for two fifty a bottle. But I could get six of these Ashton for about six fifty. Uh, the Gatorade, so that's why I favor that. But nonetheless. Uh, happy birthday glad we can do cheers and glad that you can share with the fans i never thought in 47 episodes we would have such a long and lengthy talk about energy well it's actually not energy drinks, nutrition hydration hydration drinks it is not the energy drinks folks just so you know because it's it's
1: banned by uh, health canada there was this
0: health canada warning that came out about 10 days ago that sort of spoke of what they believe to be the um uh, high effects of uh, the caffeine that were integrated into the energy drink version of of Prime. Yeah. Ashton has never had that. He's had only the hydration.
1: I think uh, it's uh, like one can of the Prime hydration caffeine equals to like six cans of Coke's caffeine. Really? Yeah.
0: Goodness, goodness, grief. Uh, it reminds me actually just a quick side story of I don't go, as you know, my, my place, if I get coffee is just the the Keurig machine, but when I do go Hortons, or Tim Hortons, or McDonald's, the the, more McDonald's, but the rare time I go to Starbucks, I had a conversation with the coffee barista on the other, other side of the counter. And I asked her, I said, you know, when I, um, when I come here, I'd like to get the, uh, the, the blonde roast. Oh yeah. Right. And so she says to me, and I didn't know this fans, um, The reason why they stopped the Blonde Roast at around 4 o'clock is because it's got the most caffeine. It has got a kick of octane that will make you ride from one side of the 905 to the other because you're so charged. Maybe that's why, (laughs) Ashton, I've enjoyed the Blonde Roast when I've had the very rare visits to, uh, to Starbucks. Yeah. Anyhow, we digress. Let's take it back to baseball. Let's bring it in, as the good managers say, because we want to talk about a manager. He's of the Blue Jay variety, Ashton. You had an incredible out-of-this-world experience this month at the good old ball game. Uh, why don't you care to to sort of describe that that? It's almost like these once in a lifetime experiences.
1: Yeah, it was an amazing experience. Um so, um my dad, he put me in a uh I guess it was a raffle. Well, it's a con-
0: it was more of a draw, I guess, yeah.
1: Or contest.
0: Being part of the Junior Jays uh all All star membership. Yep. yep.
1: And um my name got picked to go um ask one question to john schneider um early uh and watch batting practice um before um the gates open so i was like oh my gosh
0: i remember sharing the news with you the monday leading up to the saturday i was
1: jumping all over my bed
0: he 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 rolled around in his bed like he was sliding into second like i mean he was so excited. And I mean, who wouldn't be with a great experience like that? Um, and there must have been, what, about 25 kids
1: maybe? Yeah, 25 or 20 or 30.
0: Yeah, maybe up to 30 kids that were part of this experience. And uh, shout out to the to the Toronto Blue Jays for doing a tremendous job. So well organized. Just so gracious. Every, every step of the way of that experience was well thought out. And for a guy that's been part of many high profile sporting events and event management for, uh, in the world of corporate and not for profit. Uh, they were amazing, uh, with what they did. I mean, it, it made the kids feel like a rock stars when they're coming in with the big credentials and yeah, imagine you get the big media pass mm-hmm. and yeah, just, just an amazing, well put together day. And of course, when, when when Schneids entered the room in the in the very place fans where they actually do the press conferences, I mean it just was uh just lights out. Everybody was on fire. But Ashton, speaking of on fire, you were well prepared to give what according to John Schneider, the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, pull back the tape, go to the Jays YouTube. You can even check it out on Champs and Chums. Apparently you had the question among the questions of the year.
1: Yep. Yeah, um you know, I was uh, pretty shocked he'd say that. Um, you know, I was thankful for f- thankful for that and um it's a moment I will never forget. Uh when we were watching uh batting practice, there were so many kids cuz there was just this one net- netting area that was open to the field, but it was fenced off. Um but there were so many kids like bunched up together. My dad told me to stay there, and uh, I got a ball from John Schneider's youngest oh, son. Oh, yeah, the gunner. And was it, it Gunner? It wasn't Gunner. It was Grayson. Grayson. Okay. Um, yeah, he threw it a couple times because there were so many kids just leaning in. His kids in. have
0: got some arms, eh? Like, they're only probably like, yeah. what, six and eight or something? Yeah,
1: uh, five and eight. Five uh, and eight, And sorry. A Gunner can throw it over the... Uh...
0: He gunned it. Gunner yeah. gunned it.
1: He can throw it over the uh, netting. At a uh, Rogers Center, and uh, it took a while to get that ball, um, cause <laughs> lots of kids were pushing my arm, yeah. and yeah. he was still aiming for my glove. So I really appreciate Grayson trying to uh, throw it to me, and he eventually got it to me. Wow! And I got my ball signed by Nate Pearson, who's uh, forcing fastball clocks out at a hundred and two miles per hour, and uh, Tim Mesa as well.
0: Tim Mazer, one of the best relievers in baseball, the numbers would tell you that. He's got a microscopic ERA of like 0.97, Ashton, or 1.1 point something. Anyways, yeah, incredible experience. And you know what? You say that you were shocked uh, and, and couldn't believe that that, that Schneids would have responded to you that way directly. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, you know, uh, we've, we've talked about this on Champs and Chums. You've heard it about it from our best of guests. When you prepare for the big moments, and you can actually rise above and do it different and 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 be uh, prepared to be great and to believe that you are great. Uh, it's no surprise to me, Ashton. I mean, you nailed it uh, in terms of um, being different, engaging him in a conversation. It's all the things we talk about on Champs and Chums. So it came as no surprise to me on how well you did in front of that uh, Audience of uh, of people and uh, yeah, again, check out the Blue Jays uh, YouTube channel; it's all there, and also our champs and chums right across social. It's uh, an incredible experience for this young man um, sitting next to me. Uh, well, you know what, fans? We're gonna keep this uh, this loving on baseball going because it's been a big. Speaking of Blue Jays, it's been a big year for the Blue Jays. A lot of focus on them. But it's been a big year in our own community here in Brampton for our own Blue Jays, the under 11 version of the Blue Jays in Brampton Minor Baseball, because these boys are and, and ladies ladies are coming on hot. They are coming on hot. And I uh, was witness, your unofficial statistician here, everybody, to probably one of the best baseball games I've ever watched at the Minor pro or community level it was outstanding and Ashton you played a big hand with your team but you played an amazing hand in what was a come from behind victory Uh, why don't you just share with the fans what I believe is the game of the year
1: okay um so we're playing the Red Sox they're probably like the third or second best team in the uh league um and we we've beat them before, um, but this time was different. We were down four, and we needed five runs to win. And this was an open inning, so we could get up to eight runs, because usually you can only get four runs. But this was an open inning, so eight runs. Um, so basically, what happened was we tied the game up, eight eight. Um, it was a quick inning. It's a quick pitching inning by me just uh and
0: and you needed that like i mean we
1: needed it if you
0: didn't get before eight o'clock and actually close the door you wouldn't wouldn't have been been able to play
1: play. yeah and um uh we had the game tied eight eight um
0: you struck out the three two i just want to set the context for what was a miraculous victory because yes fans in in our league here in brampton I mean, most of these uh, uh, youth leagues would say you, yeah, there's a time limit, obviously, because of, of, day, of daylight and darkness. So 8 o'clock, by the time it hits, both coaches have to figure out, with the ump- umps, where they're going to take the rest of the game. So uh, Ashton, you were kind of hard-pressed and put in a role where you were pitching that that half of the inning and had to do it in a very speedy, and in a speedy, efficient, expedient way to close the door, to shut them down, so you can actually do it before 8 o'clock.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. it was tied 8-8, eight, eight, um, two outs. I was at bat, my uh, teammate Chael at third, um, and all I needed was a single to win. So um, first pitch, I hit the ball in between uh, third base and shortstop, and uh, they try to throw it to first. Um, I think I, I'm i safe before they, they get it there. And then they try to throw home, but Chael's already there. So uh, we win the game, and I walked it off.
0: Oh, it was outstanding. All the parents who were there just uh, jumped out of their lawn chairs, uh, rousing ovation for the team. Obviously totally gutted. Gutted on the other side uh, with the Red Sox. I mean, they you know, I mean, I, I, I felt for the pitcher. I really did. Uh, it was number 12. I think it was, mm-hmm. I felt for him because, you know, like the wheels just fell off and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough loss being on that side of the ledger and you guys were there. So you kind of know the feeling, right? And I, I think I've always said to you, whenever you accomplish something great, savor the feeling, right? Um, you know, enjoy the moment. Know what it took to get there, and because you guys have had a lot of tough losses, right? But I think you know, and Dan, you know, many of our guests have said it, said it uh, on the show. You learn a lot from defeat. You learn a lot about yourself, your team, the opposition, what's in front of you, and you hopefully adjust to get better. And man, I, I was so proud, along with all the parents that were there. Your coaches were just. <laughs> Unbelievably shocked at, at that, and uh, yeah, I mean, for you to shut the door and do it do it with such efficiency to get to get us into the to the last half of the inning where they were down four, there was uh, some real drama on the base pass. I mean, I got time for all the players on your team. Uh, some of them, uh, their speed levels of uh, are varying degree. Much I would say for all the all the parents too. <laughs> But to see that all unfold, there was like a play between second and third, where there was a little bit of Keystone Cops going on, and then a Someone,
1: the pitcher overthrew he it. He overthrew it,
0: and, and then Hale bounced over to third, and I and think Patrick, Patrick came Patrick's catcher came home to tie it, and then you come up to the plate with the game on your on your bad Ashton. The game was in your hand. And I told you this as I I always, fans, when I do my uh, unofficial role as a statistician for the team, an official scorer, unofficial scorer, I always sit behind the plate because I want to feel the game. I want to know what's going on. I want to get a sense of it. So,
1: If you had video that...
0: I know. I'm sorry. I I, I was doing my duties as a scorekeeper. But I should have actually just forgotten about it because, honestly, if you had gotten out, it would have ended as a tie game. Mm-hmm. So it really didn't matter, <laughs> right, if I was to score because I knew what the outcome would be. It would be either Ashton wins the game or for the, with the team or it ends as a tie game, which is still an amazing thing. But the fact that you guys would pull the W out, I mean, honestly, Ashton, it was the most special, one of the most special moments I've been at at a baseball game. And, you know, it's it's not just because it's it's your son, that that's played such a big hand in it because of what I've seen over the course of the season. You guys have grown as a team. Like I I just think that's what's so beautiful about team sport. I mean, how how do you feel about that? I mean, what's what's your, what's your sense for the fans uh in talking about the growth as a team?
1: Uh yeah, I mean, you know, it's important to, you know, play as a team. You win as a team. You lose as a team you know you, you learn from these experiences but you know my for my first year playing with a team um in baseball you know it's been a great experience um we've you know um had some tough losses we've probably we've lost by one and it it probably it was a bad play but um you know we're starting to do good. We're on a two-game winning streak right now. Yeah,
0: a time and, this recording, um, you can make it three. You're playing the top team in the league, the Tampa, uh, sorry, Tampa Rays, the, the Brampton Rays, mm-hmm. tomorrow night at, uh, I don't know what the park is, but, uh yeah, I mean, you guys are coming together at the right time. Like, I mean, you could sneak in there and do some damage in mm-hmm. the playoffs. Yeah. You know, so good stuff, man. my man. I'm really proud of you, and... Uh, what a season it's been. You wanted to add a few more things.
1: Um when I when it like last Wednesday when I hit that ball um <laughs> I Well,
0: I got video of that after they came to serenade you.
1: Honestly, I got that. I did not know what to feel. I just ran to first, stood on that bag, watched Chael come home. And then I heard the ump say, that's the game. And then I started celebrating. It was, it was an amazing feeling.
0: Wow. You know, bottle that, savor it with your team. You guys all played a role in that come from behind win. I mean... You all, are, I mean, also we're also proud of you guys. Just in terms of how you've grown as a team, your your game has improved. You, the baseball IQ is there, but I want to, as, as, as your I might, if Coach Marco and Coach Adam and Coach Geo were were listening to you right now, they would say Ashton. No, you don't just, you don't, you don't just get to first. You run through first. Yeah. So remember that. I know when they hear this episode, they'll probably say the same thing. You're, you're, you're running through first, right? Whatever Chael does in crossing the plate, it had nothing to do, but obviously you, 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 you played a big role in that and we're all so proud of you. And, and playoffs, everybody, playoffs coming up uh, next month. And you'll hear about how that goes in our next episode. Um, Well, listen We've gone on a quite a marathon for father son free for all. And we've talked a lot about um, baseball. And of course, when you talk about baseball, there's a lot of things at the top of the list, top of the list that are fun about it. But one of the most greatest things, actually, uh, Ashton, is um, what's uh, they wear on top. Uh, And what would that be?
1: That would be caps or lids.
0: That's right. And caps or lids, as lids have taken on a a big theme, Uh, I know you fans would have many, many favorite sports hats, and they all tell a story. And we have got the best of guests to kind of take you through the lore, legend, with some beautiful wisdom, inspiration. Stories that will make you laugh. Stories that will make you smile. Stories that'll make you cry, but more importantly, that'll warm your heart. Ashton, tell the fans who's coming up on episode 47.
1: Award-winning producer, director, and writer, and author, Craig Colby.
0: Oh, what an outstanding guest we have on episode 47. Award-winning storyteller. You don't want to miss this. Craig Colby, what an amazing interview with this uh, this man. Um, so inspiring. Um, you you know, it's not, not everybody has this talent to tell a great story, right? And you need to listen to, to this segment with Craig because boy, can he yarn a wonderful story. And he did that Ashton in this wonderful book, which happened during the height of the pandemic in the height of lockdown, this creative and talented media pro came up with this idea and he captured the power of social media during a time when so many people um, just needed that sense of connection. Uh, he brought that together and built a wonderful community in all caps. Um, not only is, is it a book available in um, where all great books are sold. I mean, whether it be Amazon or um, uh, Kohl's Ashton, um, those, those kind of places. You can just go to Craig's website, right? That's, um, uh, and we'll get you for that on the show, um, colbyvision.net. And then you go to the section where you can find out more about all caps. But what I was going to say is that this is an award-winning book. The prestigious Canadian Book Club Awards awarded all caps just last year. Uh, with a category win. So it's a great book. We'll make sure we put it up on our social media too, the links where you can grab it. That's Craig Colby, best of guests coming up on the show. Okay, Ashton, so now it's time to get to our um, gold, silver, bronze, father, son, free for all. And this whole um, uh, great theme of caps, and we're going to give a tip of the cap in our own rendition. Because we are going to share with you, we went back into the, um, to the legend of sports caps um, that we have. And we're going to give you, fans, our gold, silver, bronze for favorite father and son sports caps. So this has been a lot of fun doing that, Ash. And I mean, I reached back into a, 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 um, a uh, you know, a Rubbermaid container full of fascinating sports hats and you know as Craig mentioned every hat has a memory and I you and I were talking off air of some of the fun ones I can't obviously include them all here in this gold silver bronze but what were some of the ones that you were fascinated by as we went through my sports hat collection
1: well I love that Og, oh, nineteen ninety three, Florida's Pan- Florida Panthers hat.
0: Yeah, we're here in the broadcast studio. I'm kind of looking for it now. I think I, I left it out of the broadcast studio, but you really put your eye on that. What what actually attracted you about it? that's like a 1995-96 90, Florida Panthers hat, Ashton.
1: Yeah, I mean, just the you know the logo, um, the the Panther uh their old logo the pan with the panther jumping out um you know and the uh i like the crest with the uh the uh hockey stick and the palm tree i like that and uh you know it's a really nice hat um to wear
0: That's awesome man good stuff well uh i don't want to steal your thunder let's get on with the segment this is uh ashton's uh bronze medal for favorite sports cap ashton take it away
1: My bronze medal is my first Blue Jays hat. Wow.
0: Well, why don't you describe it for the fans? Is that a new era hat? Was it, uh, I I believe it was, uh, that's a real MLB hat. It's a, it's a fifty nine fifty. everybody. New
1: era, yeah.
0: New era cap. And, uh, what, what, why don't you describe it for the fans? Why it's so special to you?
1: Well, you know, um, it's, it's special because, uh, you know, it's my first, it was my first Jays cap. And um, now that I'm a huge fan of the Jays, I mean, um, it, it just means a lot to me to, you know, have this hat. And uh, it's got some signatures on it as well from when we went down to Buffalo to see the Bisons play.
0: That's right. That's right. Some real, actually, some World Series champs. Speaking of champs, uh, I believe that was the summer pre pandemic. Went down to Buffalo and that great ballpark uh Salem field um and there was an autograph signing with I believe it was Dwayne Ward and and Devo White. Yep. Good stuff. So uh well that's Ashton's uh, bronze medal for favorite uh sports cap, his first ever blue jay cap and uh and Ashton um I'm going to kind of talk about my first ever as well too and this is why, you know, uh Craig Colby's Uh, great community and and inspiration for all caps means something is uh, my bronze medal uh, of fans is a Toronto Maple Leaf hat. And it is not just any hat, everybody. I mean, we're going back into the, in those big years of 93, 94. This is an authentic Toronto Maple Leaf center ice collection, Ashton, a center ice collection um, on the back of it here, as I'm, I'm looking at the, the, not the brim, the back of the hat, uh, it's got sports special specialties on it. This hat is very special Ashen because it is rem- reminiscent of, uh, not just the big runs the Leafs made in 93 and 94, but it was also one of the first hats given to me when I became a full-time member of the Toronto Maple Leafs as an employee um it's got a look at that NHL logo there Ashton
1: yeah that's a that's the uh, old, NHL, old logo. NHL
0: logo the big what do you like about this why don't you describe for the fans what do you like about the front of this hat here
1: um I think I really like the font how it like pops out yeah and I also like this Maple Leafs logo over here it's, it looks like um it well, was describe
0: it for the fans because we are in radio
1: it it looks like a checkerboard kind of.
0: But then you turn to, you turn it onto the right of the brim, everybody, and you've got that original uh, leaf logo there. Mm-hmm. Look at that; that's great. Uh, so this is special to me, Ashton, because it signified a time in my life where I, I went after something I wanted. I was I, I was just coming out of school, and I had a passion for the Toronto Maple Leafs, a passion for the sports. Fourth year York University communications program made the call to a longtime champ and chum who i didn't even know at the time a cold call saying i was a student that's pat park by the way um uh, just a student wanted to get involved and you know the, the good story goes from there hard work effort work ethic work ethic being respectful being at the right place at the right time and this hat signifies that moment for me back in the uh the mid 90s Okay, Ashton, over to you for your uh, silver medal for favorite father and son sports caps. Take it away.
1: Well, my silver medal is my BMBI Brampton Minor Baseball Incorporation um, hat.
0: Well, I tell you something, fans. This is is a game-worn, authentic replica. I'm looking at this thing right now, and if we were... I can describe it by saying... When I first saw this cap that Ashton got, uh, probably at the end of April, right, because the season started in May, Yeah. it was a very clean, unused baseball cap. And much like I said to you, Ashton, when I bought you the, um, the kicks, the baseball kicks, the, uh, the Bryce Harpers, and it was white, I said, you, if you're getting this dirty, that's a great thing. And I look at this cap now, Ashton. <laughs> it is a very dirty uh, baseball cap, which tells me that you've been putting the work in on the field. <laughs> what do you think?
1: Yeah, um, I've had some of my most like memorable moments wearing this hat. Um, pitching, um, obviously. I, I, actually, one time in the tournament, it was our last game. We were, uh, we had two wins that day out of 3 games and we were playing the Orioles that was our third game i came in cold without no warm up cuz um my, my teammate Chael, he had just hit it inside oh, the park home the inside run the and the he Parker. was gassed yeah
0: yeah yeah he needed some uh just some rest
1: i came in cold got a 1 2 3 inning and i got another 1 2 3 inning against the cardinals and, um, I've made some amazing plays, some amazing catches. Um, last Wednesday, uh, uh, me at the time of this recording. Yeah. Last Wednesday, uh, me and my teammate Mateo, uh, we, we did a double play as him being shortstop that. and I was third. And that was the
0: first, actually, thank you. That was the first double play of the season.
1: Yeah, it was I the was first sitting double play behind that... the
0: seats, the, the the best seats in the house. Everybody, I didn't have to pay a lick for it, other than just being an unofficial score. But yes, we. I was saying to to Ben's dad that that was the first double play of the season.
1: But we did have a double play oh. in the tournament.
0: Oh, sorry about that. Patrick
1: okay. caught it okay. in foul ground at third.
0: Well, if he caught it in foul ground, how was how was it a double play?
1: Because the the runner at first forgot to tag up.
0: Okay. 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 Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, good stuff. Well, sorry, I, I interrupted. Keep going.
1: Um. Yeah, I've had some great moments with this hat and, um, you know, it's a hat that I'll cherish forever. My first ever baseball season and hopefully more to come.
0: Well, uh, you know, like, think about it, uh, fans. Our best of guest, Craig Colby, was so inspired because he saw his own personal collection of sports hats and how that, Once he even just looked at it, it drew upon so many memories. And Ashton, just to hear you uh, run on all the tremendous memories you've had just by looking at that hat tells me that Craig is on to something pretty, pretty magnificent and special. Good stuff. All right, it's over to Dad for uh, my silver medal. And um, I'm going to take a page out of the Blue Jay book. And uh, Ashton mentioned one of his first Blue Jays... um, uh, his very first Blue Jay cap, and during that same year, I actually got a cap myself. It's a Toronto Blue Jay. It's a new era cap. It's uh, let me see the size here, Ash. Oh, it's well. First of all, fans, it is not just any knockoff. It is MLB genuine merchandise. This thing, I tell you, has a lot of stories. It's gone all over the world. I think in in travels. But what I wanted to say that on the inside of the cap, during that special event that Ashton spoke about, there were two World Series um, uh, champions from the Jays, from the 92 team that was, uh, was it 92 or 93? I think it was 93 actually. Now they're thinking because Devo White, I don't know if Devon White was part of the 92 team. But anyways, uh, Dwayne Ward, Ward Wardo uh, had a chance to meet him and Devon White, and uh, this is a, a wonderful cap, and now that Ashton's shown and professed such a love for baseball, it means a lot to me when I look at this hat now and think that that was a, a great p- a pilgrimage over the, over the border there uh, for what would have been a, just a few hours to enjoy an amazing, amazing day at the ballpark. So that's my silver medal. Okay, fans, it's over to Ashton. He's getting his um, his gold medal uh, sports cap ready. And Ashton, take it away for your gold medalist.
1: Well, my gold medal goes to uh, a... Uh, I got this hat for my birthday. A white, I guess it's a retro 92-93 Jays logo. Um, and it's a uh, Cooperstown collection hat.
0: That is one fine looking hat, my man. Like honestly, that. Uh, again, shout out to the good the good folks over at Lids, at the Bramley City Center for fitness fitting you into that. Um, they were really helpful that day to make sure you got what you needed. Um, now, what, tell all the fans why you love this hat.
1: Well, uh, it's a really nice looking hat. Um, it's nostalgic with the. Uh, 92 93 logo on it and uh it's it's a beautiful hat um it's all white and um,
0: cooperstown special yeah too, eh?
1: cooperstown special it, it it looks amazing too that's, it's just a really clean and nice hat
0: that's great that's great that's a nice looking hat that's ashton's gold medal from just this year a cooperstown special it's uh, a great toronto blue jay retro cap and speaking of retro and going back in the day, Ashton, it's now time for Dad to unveil his gold medal. And I shared this for you too. the The tag is even on this. This is a nineteen ninety eight Stanley Cup Final. Nineteen ninety eight Stanley Cup Final. Uh, uh, cap, uh, sports cap, Ashton. What do you? Is that a new era?
1: Yeah, this new era.
0: New era. It's um, it's got all the 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 cool uh, buttons on the back. Uh, yep. I, I, how did Craig describe that? A, a fla- I think it's uh Not a fitted back, but a... Strap back. Strap back. The strap back. That's right. So It's I, an
1: o- f- official licensed product.
0: Officially licensed product from 1998, Ashton. Ashton, what were you doing in 1998?
1: I was not born.
0: You were not born. I. So here's the story, folks. As I look at this hat, and I'm looking at it right now as I'm sharing the the lore of this black beautiful NHL officially licensed hat with you that says 1990 Stanley cup is your co-host was there. Your co-host was at the 1998 Stanley cup finals. So this, is a time, you know, we, we were all, we all kind of take it for granted that the Leafs can make the playoffs. So during the 98 season, uh, it was a tough season. We had some really great players, uh, on the team, you know, Matt Sundin included. We didn't get Cujo that year, but we didn't make the playoffs. Um, Mike Murphy, good man, great coach, just was, you know, we, did, we, we fell short of making the playoffs. So so the NHL had to select uh, a couple PR guys uh, from, or PR representatives from uh, other teams who didn't make the playoffs to represent the NHL when it came to the Stanley Cup final because they just had more media requests so I got the assignment and being selected by the NHL to represent them down there with some of their other PR staff, and this was the series Detroit and Washington, Detroit and Washington. Ashton. So Steve Eiserman would have been on the team, um, you know, uh, 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 Fedosov would be on the team, um, uh, you know, Fedorov would be on the team. Uh I think Chris Osgood was was the goaltender. Chris Draper was a plugger on the third line. And on the Washington side, you had guys like you know Peter Bondra that was on the team then. Olaf Kolzig. You remember Oli Kolzig had, had a had a real cup of coffee late in his career with the Leafs, actually. Um and uh, anyways, the reason I'm mentioning how special this was is I was there at this 98 Stanley Cup final and I was saying off air to Ashton, as the story goes, um, there I was just in outside the dressing room and there's a long haul, f- fans, that would go from uh, right to the ice level or near near ice level where I saw Ashton. I had a chance to meet Stanley again. And there was the Stanley Cup held by two keepers of the cup. Who are the two keepers of the cup, Ashton? Uh,
1: Phil Pritchard and uh, Craig, Craig Cam- Campbell.
0: Craig Campbell and Phil Pritchard from the NHL. There they were, white gloves and all. I just was like just a, a foot away, Ashton, from the Stanley Cup in 1998 being wheeled out. When uh, Detroit had won that series, actually, in four games, they won it on home ice. The place was electric. I was standing at the bench, Ashton, when all of this was going on. It was an incredible moment. And as I look back on, at this hat, it tells a tale of many years gone by. But it tells you that stories like this in sports can last forever. All right. Good stuff, everybody. It's been a, an amazing father-son free-for-all segment. But now it's time for a break. Ashton, why don't you take us to break?
1: This ends our Father-Son Free-For-All segment. More Father-Son Fun Talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums Podcast.
0: Father-Son Fun Talk. You're listening to episode 47 of the Champs and Chums Podcast. And Ashton, it's now time for a next edition of our best of segment and what an outstanding guest we have for our fans this month. Hey, Ashton, I got two questions for you, my man. Are you ready to go hats off with a sports salute on episode 47?
1: Sure am.
0: Are you ready to score big all caps here on champs and chums? Of course. Well, our very special guest has blended tremendous talents to produce one illustrious career in sports media. Our special guest has a lifelong gift for storytelling and has made it his signature craft. Writer, producer, director, and author, his professional know-how has created high-quality content for numerous high-profile initiatives. Brands who have benefited from his expertise include TSN, CTV, BBC Earth, Discovery Channel, the Smithsonian Channel, and the Documentary Channel. Our Best of Guest has received high praise and accolades in Canada and into other parts of the world. The Canadian Screen Awards and the Geminis have recognized his brilliance of capturing information and inviting the imagination of his audience. Among his most crowning of award-winning work came during the height of the pandemic. He used the power and inspiration of social media to share to the world his world-class collection of sports caps. Each cap of his own told a story and brought meaning. The project interest grew, and so did his community of fans. They also began to share their own prize sports caps powered by their own memories and life stories. Some of our guests' beautiful stories of his own caps culminated in a published book called All Caps, Stories That Justify an Outrageous Hat Collection. His debut work as an author earned him major recognition, including winner at the prestigious Canadian Book Club Awards. Our special guest has his own company, Colby Vision. They serve in production and consulting and have had a host of high-profile clients including Dome Productions, Aga Khan Museum, and the World Congress of Science and Factual Producers. Ladies and gentlemen, we are pleased to be joined by national award-winning storyteller, Craig Colby. Craig, welcome to Champs and Chums. Thank you so much for inviting me in that wonderful introduction.
2: I, I feel like I have a lot to live up to now.
0: Oh, no, you've had such a fascinating and tremendous resume, Craig. We are so uh, grateful that you've taken the time out to join us uh, here on Champs and Chums, episode 47. We're feeling like we're in the heart of the summer. And, um, uh, you know, Craig, if this was a video a segment that we were doing, you will see that uh, Ashton and I, um, we are proudly uh, sporting uh, some caps. And uh, this is all in in good spirit for a wonderful conversation that we're going to have with you as our best of guests. So thanks for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Okay. Good stuff. Well, Craig, um, it's, it's dad over here, uh, to the left of the of the broadcast booth and, um, a, a fascinating read. I, I'm making my way through it. Uh, your wonderful book, but before we kind of get there, why don't you take the the fans through some of your early interests and ambitions to get into sports? Um, You know, we've talked about your your accomplished work as a writer, producer, director, but what was sort of that, you know, entry point and that passion point to get into sports? And then, you know, taking the fans and listeners through the story behind how you developed this award-winning debut as an author through all caps.
2: Well, I really started to love sports, I think, later than most kids. Uh, I didn't really like them that much when I was very young. I didn't feel like I was very good at them. Uh, but when I started playing football in high school, I really caught the sports butt. Uh And that really uh, expanded more when I went to the University of Windsor, which is across the river from Detroit. My family's originally from Michigan. I lived in Michigan when I was younger. So you know I really had a passion particularly for the Detroit Tigers. And the chance to go over there really, uh, occupy a lot of my time and, and headspace during university. My dad says I studied in sport. I majored in sport Detroit. Uh, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it, yeah. there's a woman who, uh, was in the residence system there. I was in charge of a Florida residence. She was in charge of a, of a whole residence, Mary Ellen Carlisle. She was there for career day with TSN and, uh, she brought in my resume and then I hounded them for a year before they hired me. So that's how I got into into sports television uh it was really just loving sports and you know bugging somebody until it became easier for them to hire me than keep deferring me
0: well that's amazing and yeah we've heard we've had uh other past guests on the show uh just recently as i'm hearing you talk about your story about uh you know uh, being determined and and getting that right break and yeah i mean mary ellen Carlisle is a is, is a great name in sort of that sports media sector i mean it's Mike Ross, we had the, the Toronto Maple Leafs public address announcer on a past episode. And he sort of talked about that sort of that, you know, dogged determination, you know, just to keep moving within the space. So, so to keep uh, this great journey for you moving in sports and to put a, uh, you know, a great spotlight on this wonderful book. And we're going to talk about how one can pick it up, uh, a little bit later in this good chat, but how did it all come to be? with this great debut that you made during a pandemic, no less, with all caps?
2: Well, I mean, you told a lot of the story in the intro. Um, I can tell you that I, I didn't really envision this as, as anything more than just wearing a different hat every day while we were locked down. And when I put the first one up and people started sharing their hats, I uh, knew it was on to something because we were connected in a time when we are all isolated. Um, so that was a big part of it. And just getting up every day and picking the hat and grouping them into little sections and uh, putting them out there and, and hearing from other people, uh, that was great for me. And it was great for some of the other people. There's one gentleman, Jim Nottingham. We've never met in person. We became Facebook friends introduced by a distant relative. And he started sharing you know, his Vietnam hats. He was a Vietnam veteran. And people were thanking him for his service, which he hadn't received when he came home from the war. So it meant a lot to him, so much so that when he ran out of hats, uh, he started putting up bobbleheads and autographed pictures mm. and old models. He, he went through his garage and got old models out. And when the, when the hat marathon came to an end, I got this package in the mail that said it had a Chicago White Sox hat. That's his team. And he sent me a note that said, you're the best friend I've ever had that I've never met. Mm. That meant a lot to me. And he said that it, it helped him get through the pandemic. So that connection it was sort of the basis of all of this. I also started telling my own personal stories behind the hats, shorter ones. And so that connected me to my own past. And the marathon went on for a long time. It was like 125 days. And I thought that I was now outed as the crazy hat guy. <laughs> but the funny part of it was when it finished, people said they were sad that it was over and that they missed it. They were going to miss it. And that's when people started encouraging me to write a book. Uh, and Relatives in my family who are writers encouraged me. My brother's the Opinions page editor for The Star. He wrote a national bestseller with P.K. Subban's dad, Carl. He said that thought was a market for it. But when my mother asked me to do it, then I knew I had to do it. She was a writer for the paper in Thunder Bay. She put out her own book. She started a writer's festival, and she enjoyed all the ceremony and attention that went with her book and my brother's book, and I know she wanted that for me. So when your mom asks you to do something, that's when you do it.
0: That's amazing. That That's really great. And, uh, yeah, you, you spoke about, um, this, this chumship, this friendship that you built with Jim, somebody who you actually haven't met, but, uh, over the course of a real di- difficult time. And I mean, I think that's kind of where I really think, boy, what a source of inspiration this, this project became. And, um, helping people through a time when well, it was really tough and uh, you know it gives you know the the pause that we all had to take gave people a time to really look back and think back and it was uh it was neat to hear that story about Jim kind of going back into the garage and pulling more than just a sports cap like other kind of sports memorabilia so that, that that's fantastic and I'm sure you've got many many stories of of, of that kind of um, impact that you made um Craig I want to talk uh we talk a lot about it on Champs and Chums about how important mentors have been and with an accomplished career that you've developed um, in the many skills and talents and, and places you've been to, you know, life mentors that uh, probably have helped you out in terms of, you know, just giving you a, a good shoulder to lean on for some great advice, great support, things to think about as, as you navigated your career in in sports media. Can you talk a bit about some of those special people in your life and how they helped you build success, not only just as a media pro, but but also as a person?
2: Yeah, I mean, there are some real standouts there. I would say, you know, it starts with your parents. There are a lot of lotteries you can win in life, but the parent lottery is the best one. And I won the parent lottery. And they, they taught me a lot. Uh, they taught me to accept people for who they are. My parents never tried me, tried to make me into a miniature version of themselves. They, they watched to see who I was and they encouraged me to follow my passions and my interests. Uh, they taught me to stand up for what's right. You know, our house in Thunder Bay was down at the bottom of a hill from the public school. And the office of the public school faced away from my house, which was a good thing. Because I think there are times if the teachers and principals saw my mom coming up that hill to deal with them after something had gone wrong with us, they would have barred the doors. Mm-hmm. So she really taught us, you know, to stand up for, for what's right when something's wrong. I'll tell you a very brief story. Please. With that regard. Uh, when I was, I think, grade four, grade five, our class was in a citywide singing competition. And at one point, they stopped all of us singing, and they made each of us sing individually. And then they told some of us, myself included, only to move our lips Don't actually sing. And when my mom found out about that, she hit the roof. Mm -hmm. And she went up there and told them, you can't do that to kids. And they said, well, you know, we're going to. She said, Craig doesn't have to take part. He can just sit in class when that happens, which is what I did. And then my mom went up for a parent-teacher night after the singing competition had happened. And they said, you know, we won that competition. And she said, no, you didn't. You didn't win that if you didn't let all the kids sing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the groundwork that was laid for all of that. And we also had big debates at our dinner table every night uh, about current events, everything. Everyone was encouraged to speak their mind, be armed with your opinions, but be ready to defend it. So I think all of those were really great uh, experiences for me at home. Professionally, I've had two people I'd consider a mentor. Paul Lewis, who was uh, in charge of At Discovery Channel, At Discovery Canada, later Daily Planet at... Discovery Channel. Uh, I was there when Discovery Channel launched. I really liked the way he dealt with people, Um, especially difficult conversations. He kept it all very calm and about the work, not about the personality, made it very easy to take bad news. Uh, And he always put it in a context that helped you understand it. I, I appreciated the way that he dealt with people. And also, John Panikar, who was my boss later at discovery Channel and later on at high fidelity HD TV where we launched the first HD channels he did a wonderful job as he would describe it of giving me a lot of rope but not enough to hang myself you know really giving me the ability to do my job and check and check in and make sure i'm doing it right but giving me authority and autonomy so those are the mentors that have meant a lot to me
0: Oh, sounds like really special people, including your mom. So shout out to to all of them if they uh listen to this uh this great episode forty seven with our best of guest, Craig Colby. And um uh, uh, Craig, uh, speaking of uh, special people, it's now my pleasure to bring into this great chat with you our best of guest, my chum Ashton, who's got some uh, questions lined up for you. Ashton, take it away.
1: Craig with reading your bio um i was most impressed with your work on tsn and uh, with that said craig you've had an outstanding success in your sports media career can you share with the fans some of your personal career highlights
2: i'd love to ashton thank you for that question well you know we all grow up with athletes that we admire and respect and when i was in michigan Still too young to really watch sports, but to be aware of this person, Al Kaline, his nickname was Mr. Tiger, uh, he was uh, as ubiquitous a hero as Spider-Man or, or Batman when I was growing up. And he was a broadcast for the Tigers while I was at TSN. So I, And I had carried his baseball card in my wallet for years. He was known as somebody who was gracious uh, and kind and, uh, and uh, you know a really top-notch ball player in every way. So I had arranged to do a story on players, baseball players who had never played in the minors, which had happened for different reasons throughout baseball history. At that time, John Olerud was playing for the Blue Jays, and he came straight out of college. Al Kaline came straight out of high school. He was what was called a bonus baby, which meant that you could sign them directly out of high school with the big money, but they had to go directly to the majors. So I arranged to do an interview with him. I, su- I pitched the story at, the, at TSN. They gave me the go ahead. I called him at his hotel room, which apparently you can do. Wow. And he answered and agreed to do it. Yeah, I couldn't oh, believe it. Oh, wow. Does it really actually work like this? Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah. he said, okay, meet me in the batting cage uh, at six o'clock. I think it was like one, 12 o'clock. So I rushed down to then Skydome and arranged, called the office and had them arrange for my credentials. And I, nobody does this, by the way. Nobody does this. I stood inside Skydome for the whole day waiting for 6 o'clock. Like the grounds crew was working. Jack Morris was out there pitching, wondering what I'm doing there in my shirt and tie, just standing there for hours watching it all happen, just, just waiting. Uh, you know, 6 o'clock came. He wasn't out yet. One of my colleagues at TSN said, well, maybe we should go get him. I said, no, no, he's going to be here. At 6.15, out of the Tigers dugout, Al Line comes. And I started to walk over, and then I realized, right now, Al Kaline is wondering where Craig Colby is. Hmm. Never thought that would have happened. So I walked over, stuck up my hand. I said, uh, hi, Mr. Kaline. I'm Craig Colby. Oh, I was just looking for you. Al Kaline was looking for me. <laughs> so I walked him over to the interview setup, uh, chit-chatted with him. He'd just come from Baltimore, and his family was from there. So I talked about that. We set up for the interview. I asked my questions. He's a fair bit taller than me, so he looked down at me when I asked the question. But then he gave me an eye line off the camera when he answered. Real top pro stuff. And we did our interview. I shook his hand. I didn't take out my baseball card. Bad form. Didn't ask none of that. Didn't tell him I was a fan. I just had this professional exchange with someone who I had admired as a kid. And that's about as good as it gets for a big sports fan working at
0: TSN. That was a real highlight. Oh, that that's an outstanding story. Well, fans, we we don't disappoint. We we tell you in the intro that uh, that our special guest is a great storyteller. What a story that was! You know, I mean, uh, great pure hero. How many batting titles did Al Kaline win? I I mean, you know, just one. It was the only one. one.
2: Okay. He was the youngest one ever to win one,
0: though. Oh wow. Wow, and and I I like the way that you described him. Uh, It was kind of the did you say baby bonus because he he just came straight up bonus baby yeah out out of high school. So great story there by uh, by Craig. But uh, sorry, uh, Ashton, uh, I interrupt you. You've got uh, some more great uh, questions for Craig.
1: Craig, from a sports media pro to an all pro dad, um, you've probably had some uh, great moments with your two sons, Shane and Curtis. So um, what are some of the greatest lessons and words of advice you've shared with your son, Shane and Curtis?
2: Well, yes, um, thank you for the all-star dad. I think they get to judge that. So I, I'm not sure where they would weigh in on that, but you know, we all do our best. Well, here's the thing, Ashton, um, I told my kids a lot. You know, at one point, my oldest son Shane said, so when you were in high school, uh, Did you give a lot of life lessons then? (laughs) And, uh, uh, you know, he was kind of uh, giving me a hard time. So I can tell you what I have told them. But really, kids learn from what you do way more than what you say. So I'm going to give you two things. What I have told them over and over again is there's only two really bad words that you shouldn't put together. And those words are, I can't. I can't are the worst words because it means you're already decided you're not going to try failure. Isn't not getting it done. Failure is not trying to do it. So I tell them that a lot. I don't know how much it sticks in, but I can tell you that what they have really learned that I am seeing show up in them is that they have watched what my wife and I have done in terms of, of volunteering. My wife volunteers for St. Vincent de Paul at the church. And I have been a volunteer hockey coach, even though I've never played hockey, that'll be the next book. And I have volunteered as a baseball coach, uh, convener, and now I'm in charge of House League at East York Baseball. And both boys, when they were old enough, they're hockey players and baseball players, when they were old enough to go and teach the young kids how to skate, they both volunteered to do that. You get volunteer hours for it in high school, but they both kept doing it beyond their volunteer hours. So I think that's the lesson that Nancy and I have put out there that the boys have picked up that I'm most proud of is that they are both
0: willing and quite excited to, to give back. Well, those are winning words right there. Um, you're listening to episode 47 of the champs and chums podcast. This is our best of segment. We're here with national award winning storyteller, Craig Colby, uh, it's Anthony and Ashton behind the mics, and um, Craig. Um, you know, we we talked about it a little bit at the in the introduction, how the build came of of this community of of, of fans who enjoyed the spirit of your book. Um, I'm just wondering if you could share. You know, you shared the story with Jim. Um, maybe share some more of the fascinating people that you were able to connect with through the development of this project.
2: Yeah, well, I mentioned Jim. I tell that story a lot, but. Uh... You know, there were quite a few people that come to mind when I talk about it. There are people who shared basically every time that we put it out there. One that comes to mind is a friend of mine, Ken Carhu Bjorn, who lives up in Thunder Bay. He was uh, he's a special Olympian. He's won numerous medals in swimming. He was at the uh, the Special Olympics in Seoul, Korea, and he was always there contributing with hats and he was the first one when I had book launches in Thunder Bay to be at every event. When it was a chance for somebody to, you know, answer questions from the audience, he was the first to do that. He now worked for the Thunder Bay Border Cats, the baseball team in Thunder Bay. It's a college, It's a summer league for college players, and he helped to arrange something that's happening next week, which is a book signing at one of the Thunder Bay Border Cats games. So I think knowing what Ken has overcome you know, overcoming his handicap, not even treating it like a handicap, but also being so open-hearted and enthusiastic about, you know, my book and his hats. uh, I think that's been, uh, you know, really humbling to have somebody that excited about what you're doing.
1: Uh, Craig, with your award-winning book, All Caps, you had the chance to share your favorite sports caps in your collection and with that said, if you had to pick a gold, silver, or, and bronze for your most favorite sports caps, what would they be and why?
2: All right, Ashton, I'm going to answer that, but I, I think you need to give me the same when I'm done here. That okay. is, is that a, a deal? great
0: deal. I love that. Right. I love that. Craig first and then Ashton to fall. I love that. I love that.
2: All right. I have more than just baseball hats, but the, te- the ones that I would pick... Are baseball hats because they're really part of the uniforms, so you see them more consistently designed than you do, you know, a football hat or a hockey hat. So I've picked all baseball hats. My bronze medal is a hat that shouldn't work, but it does. It's the Montreal Expos tricolor pinwheel hat.
0: Love it. Usually,
2: I'm not. I really don't enjoy white panel hats all that much. Just personal taste, but. I think the fact that they have three different colors all the way around, the only one I've seen like that, and that they played in an unusual stadium in a place that was new to baseball, I I think that really helped the joyous playfulness of that hat. So I love the Montreal Expos hat. That's my bronze one. My silver is from a team that doesn't exist anymore. It's the Thunder Bay Whiskey Jacks. They were a semi they were an independent professional team that operated in Thunder Bay from, I believe, it was 1993 to 1998. They would play St. Saint Paul Saints, which would have uh, former professional players on it. Jack Morris was on there. Daryl Strawberry was on there. Oh, wow. So they would come and play on the field where I played high school football. Um, And this one,
0: Craig, is featured, I I believe, as I was uh, scanning through your great book, uh, that's in the book. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Awesome.
2: And it is a teal crown with a purple brim. It's got TB in purple with a baseball bat and uh, a whiskey jack on it. And the whiskey jack is also called a gray jay. It's a gray bird in the blue jay family known for being very aggressive. And the hat is just beautiful and the colors are very vibrant so I love that
0: uh, and fans just so just so you know page 61 of Craig, Craig's great book here uh, Ashton and I are now looking at it and uh, that is a smart looking cap that's a smart Yeah, there.
2: it's in there a couple of times because I had different versions oh
0: okay okay excellent
2: yeah you'll see that several times and then the gold medal greatest baseball hat of all time no debate to, for me USA Today picked it as the best baseball hat is the Detroit Tigers hat. Guess. Especially the home hat. I put the home and road together. But that beautiful white old English D on that sea of, of midnight blue, it's so beautiful. Uh, it, you know, First time I saw it at Tiger Stadium, my heart raced a little bit. They tried to make it bigger a few years ago and Tiger fans revolted. It's small enough to be a little understated but that thing is a beauty.
0: And then That's there, my gold medal. That, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, fans, you'll, you'll see as you, as you read through this great book that uh, Craig's a big Tiger fan, and uh, you, know, you open your book uh, talking about what, uh, the hat that you picked up at Comerica Park, and I, I believe you gifted your, your, your sons with it, right? That was the intent that you wanted to pick one back up? If
2: That was the intent. It was a, one of those old plastic hats, because that's oh, all we could okay. get when we were kids. Okay. It was a plastic batting helmet. But it brought back all these memories of being young and carefree in Michigan. And I gave it to my kids and they never wore it because it was a plastic batting helmet and they had better hats and a little faster in the back, poked them in the head. And it just (laughs) it wasn't infused with the memories and warm feelings yeah. for them that it was for, for me
0: that's right that's right well a-
2: ashton i need your i need your bronze silver and gold th-
0: there plate. we go so ashton over to you craig had some real beauties there so over to you on all of 11 years old now you'll and actually this you know because as part of this show we're, we're, we're you're going to hear some of this because we do a gold silver bronze and father son free for all but ashton let's share that with the, with the fans for favorite sports cap yourself
1: Okay, so my bronze would probably be, probably be um, my Brampton Minor baseball um hat. Oh, okay, the well, why
0: don't, you, why don't you tell Craig a little bit about that, because that's very special for you. It has a, a great story because it means something special to you, and, and your dad, too.
1: Yeah, so uh, this year is my first year playing baseball in uh, House League, and um, I got this hat when... Um, I went to the to pick up my um, baseball equipment, and uh, you know it's a hat that's gonna stick with me forever because that that's my first. This is my first season of playing, and I'm never for gonna never gonna forget this hat.
0: Awesome, very nice. Go to your silver, son.
1: Okay, my silver would be um, the Blue Jays baseball academy hat. So um, nice. there's a baseball academy that the Jays do during the, the, uh, summer. And, uh, it's like this, I guess this light blue brim. And, uh, it's, it's really, really, it's a really nice hat. And I, I wear it most of the time to Jays games and my gold would have to be the hat I'm wearing right now that I got for my birthday. The, um, white uh 92 hat uh, in the uh, cooperstown collection
0: well and and so craig thanks for inviting ashton to get into this great conversation this is what i love about father son fun talk with great guests like craig colby we kind of go all around and so i actually thought though ashton and craig mentioned he went with sort of the baseball theme i would have thought maybe like one of your first raptors like raptors 905 hats uh, we're big fans of the raptors 905 where does that rank
1: Oh, uh, the probably ranks that I know this is not an option, but probably number four oh, because okay. so baseball's just, my favorite sport. <laughs> outside right outside now, outside
0: the gold, silver, yes, Ashton's a big baseball fan, Craig, and so all this, you know, having you on the show and, and 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 working through your book and him looking at some of these photos and learning more about your bio, it's 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 special and it is special to to hear him talk about that that uh, that first hat because it means something to me, you know. I mean, it, it's kind of like. He's always talked about wanting to play and you know I said, "Well, you know what? You kind of have to look at it this spring. Put in the research. Look at uh, some of the leagues around here." Um, you know, so he did that and I'm proud of you. So so that's really good. Uh, I'm proud of you too. Excellent.
1: Thank you. Um okay. Craig, um you've had an amazing range of skills as a media professional. Uh, Can you share with the fans uh, what are your most favorite and also why is it important, uh, no matter young or old, for everyone to develop their skill set and keep growing their skill set as well?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, your skill set is everything, is everything. Uh, You know, I think about careers as, as somebody talked to me once about mapping your course, charting your course. They asked me to speak at a convention called Charting Your Course. And I thought, well, I've never really charted my course. What I have is a compass and a backpack. And my compass is my values and my goals. And my backpack is my skill set. And you keep adding to that skill set and you keep loading up your backpack so you can do more things. So I think working on your skills is important all the time. I would say the most favorite skill And the most important skill I could have in television is interviewing by far. I think learning to listen to other people, uh, learning to let other people know you are listening to them, that you want to listen to them. That's by far the most important skill that I have because that will get you access to things you need to get access to uh, as a producer. That will get you information that you wouldn't have had otherwise. And that helps you form connection with people. So I think learning the skills of interviewing, and it's a craft, it's a craft, it's things that can be learned. I learned it. Uh, I think interviewing is by far the most important thing you can learn. Uh, and I've trained people to interview too.
0: Oh, that's tremendous words of wisdom there. And it, it kind of leads me into w- w- where I was going to go, but I, I think you covered it, but maybe you can put more, some additional punctuation on that great, great form of words about being. Um, great at skills but you are a, a, a championship storyteller and so what do you think you know to share with the fans uh, what are some of those greatest assets one should have to, to sort of hone those skills as, as a championship storyteller I know I know you added you had some of the opening but is, is there more that you're thinking about there oh yeah there's a lot I mean
2: you have to be interested to be interesting so be curious and that comes into the interviewing as well but to st- tell a story, you also have to be willing to be vulnerable. You know, people want to know the parts that hurt. They want to know about your failures and what you did with them, how you handled them. The parts that people respond to most in this book are the parts where I'm most vulnerable. And I've been as vulnerable as I could. I had to go back to some very painful experiences and talk about what they were like for me. So if you're not really willing to be vulnerable about who you are and what you've done, it's going to be very difficult for people to relate to your story because we've all had difficult times. We've all failed at something. We've all been on the process of learning and haven't been quite there. So I think the willingness to open up yourself, to have the strength to show some weaknesses Or maybe weaknesses is the wrong word. I think it is. But to have the strength to be vulnerable, to show that you are not afraid to let people see your journey. I think that's the most important thing you can do as a storyteller
0: that is just brilliant um uh C- Craig this has been amazing Already, the time has flown uh we, we do want to um uh, squeeze in a couple more questions for our best of guest Craig Colby um and Craig from from all the great experiences that you've had in sports and and you know that uh wonderful way you've described storytelling and and, and sports coverage I mean we all know that it's changed I mean it's even just the pandemic itself has just changed the way that sports coverage has you know in, invited themselves into the hearts and minds of people how how they interact with sports and um, what social media has done to to make things pretty unprecedented into this this wide world of sports coverage um, I wonder if you can share your perspectives on how you think sports coverage and storytelling of sports will will take shape uh, in, into the future. <laughs> Well, I think with social media and with people getting
2: their highlights and information directly from sources like players and leagues, I think it's going to be more personal with less intermediaries. You know, I worry for shows like SportsCenter, which I used to work on, you know, the curators. uh, When people can just go get what interests them, where does the place that puts them all together in one package for you live? You know, I think there's always going to be a place for great writing. Documentaries seem to have come back, which makes me very happy. I've spent a lot of time working on documentaries. But I think it's going to be harder to do an objective doc because so much more is going to be controlled by the property owners. You know, LeBron James started his company uninterrupted so that athletes could talk directly to audiences without having to go through journalists. But journalists pour, perform an important role in our society by putting things into perspective and giving them context and putting forth different ideas and opinions. So I worry that we're going to lose some of that, uh, some of that objectivity, some of that different perspective as we go through these things. You know, For storytelling itself, the media is going to change, where we get it from is going to change, but actually the elements of great storytelling Really don't ever change, so I think just how it's going to be portrayed is going to be different.
0: well, those are some really wise words there's the words you're sharing in terms of the the perspective I mean this whole element of journalism you know I'm a bit of a throwback myself too in terms of the other side when you know working with uh, great media people like you, whether it be on the writing side uh you know reporting side, and um, yeah, that element of the fifth estate and it is kind of it becomes challenged and i think everybody everybody now um you know they become this uh this this citizen journalism i think that's the 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 um the terminology they use to say that anybody with the holding a camera or or an i a smartphone today anybody that's got a tripod anybody that uh, they can start as you say just sort of bringing it personal to themselves that intermediaries is is, is lost that that's really interesting
2: I mean, it's opened up wonderful opportunities for shows like yours, which I like a lot. You know, there's a lot more of that. uh, And that's a wonderful thing. But as we know, you know, you never get something without giving something up, too. So, uh, you know, it's it's a more open world for these things. And there's a lot of great stuff coming through that. Of course, we're going to lose a little something, too. And I hope we can hold on to the journalists.
0: Great insights there, uh, Craig. Uh, well, uh, Ashton, you get the honors uh, for our uh, the last question for our special best of guests, Craig Colby. Ashton, take it away.
1: Craig, what advice do you have for young kids looking to become a sports media executive and award-winning author just like you?
2: Ashton, what a great question. Listen, no matter what you want to do, it's always the same thing. It's one word, passion. It's passion. If you have the passion to do something, the work doesn't really feel so much like work. You know, there are always good days and bad things in everything. But if if you burn to do it, if you have a passion to learn all about it, then you will immerse yourself in those worlds. Be curious. Ask questions of the people with knowledge. You know, be humble to those people. Look for your mentors, as you talked about. Make and maintain contacts. Know as many people as you can and stay in touch with them. Even just dropping a line here and there. Go for a coffee when you can. And as you said earlier, build a broad skill set and don't be afraid of change. When change comes, dive in. You know, be the person who goes with the wave, not get swept under it look for the opportunities in there a lot of what you have already asked about today is the answer to your question so have the passion and to use a phrase that we grew up in thunder bay with just give her
0: wow what a world-class finish to a fascinating interview that's uh craig colby national award-winning storyteller craig I, i wanted to take this uh spot here in the segment before we, um, we conclude is where can the fans who are listening to this, get their hands on, on all caps? Uh, what, what sort of the best way should they go to the website, uh, Colby uh, What are some of the other ways they can, uh, get their hands on this tremendous book?
2: Well, it's available online anywhere people sell books online. So, but I've made it easy for you. If you go to colbyvisionnet vision.net slash all caps, you will find a list of all the different places you can buy it. Um, But if you go to Amazon and search for it, that's where most people buy books. Now you'll, you'll find it there.
0: That's great. And if you
2: reach out to me personally, you know, I can get a signed copy for you if that interests you.
0: That's great. I know our fans would want to take that up. So again, that's uh, ColbyVision.net forward slash all caps. They can go to where all great books are sold, including Amazon to pick up this great book. And, uh, uh, Craig, on behalf of Ashton and I, we want to thank you so much for giving your time. Um, your words have been absolutely sparkling today. They, they've hit a nice chord with, um, with what this show is all about. Father-son fun talk about sports life and friendship. And, um, you know, from your wise words of saying, instead of saying, I can't, that's a bad word, saying I can, I'm so impressed about that. We are going to hang on to this great analogy of uh, having a compass and a backpack full of values and attitudes and beliefs along with the skill sets required. You've given us so much to think about and uh, so much to celebrate. And before um, we conclude, I I also want a chance to uh, bring in my chum Ashton that wants wants to say a few words to you.
1: Well, Craig, thank you for coming on the show. It's been an honor having you on. And uh, your book, All Caps, was an amazing, amazing project that you did uh, during the pandemic. And, uh, you know, that really made me think about my sports caps and how all of them, you know, have a story in their own unique way. So, Craig, thank you for coming on the show.
2: It was my genuine pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I love what you're doing, and just keep doing it. You guys are doing a fantastic job.
0: Oh, that's fantastic to say. Thanks so much, Craig. Ashton, you're going to take us to break on episode 47.
1: This ends our father-son best of segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast.
0: Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy July, everybody. Happy summer. We hope you're doing well. It's Anthony and Ashton. It's episode 47 of Champs and Chums. So glad that you're with us here on this summer show. And um, Ashton, it's now time for our All Pro Go segment. And fans, just as a reminder, our All Pro Go segment is a Did You Know Sports Spotlight. That's where Ashton shines a spotlight on a sport or an activity uh, and we've had some really fine ones here, Ashton, and, um, some have been, uh, high and hard with heat. This one's kind of going in a bunch of different directions because Ashton, what's our all pro go this segment?
1: Our all pro go is wiffle ball. Wiffle ball. All right. Tell all the
0: fans a lot more about wiffle ball.
1: Wiffleball, a team sport developed in 1953 in Fairfield, Connecticut, is a scaled-back variation of baseball designed for playing in a confined space. The sport is played using a perforated, lightweight plastic ball and a long, hollow plastic bat. Two teams of one to five players each attempt to advance imaginary runners to home plate and score Uh, based on whether each batter places the ball on the field the term wiffle ball maybe may refer to the sport as a whole, or the ball used in the sport wiffle is wiffle is registered is a registered trademark of wiffle ball inc um and was derived from the slang word whiff meaning to strike out that's
0: right that's right that's wiffle ball everybody and i mean i did not know this ashton but wiffle ball goes back to the earlier origins of 1953 when a gentleman by the name of david n mulani at his home in fairfield connecticut he fans actually uh sort of um uh hatched the concept of this whole thing about a wiffle ball but um but yeah uh, ashton of course during the pandemic we um I know we uh, Amazon seemed to be a great friend of the show, uh, a great friend of your dad's. I don't do it so much anymore, but yeah, uh, we got some wiffle balls from Amazon. And um, I mean, why don't you describe for the fans sort of what you think the benefit of using the wiffle balls are and how you've enjoyed it and and that kind of thing. And then, oh, sorry, I know you also wanted to mention, but we'll start there. And then you also wanted to mention that this whole idea of wiffle ball meaning not just the ball itself but a league actually has grown so we could talk about that in a sec but why don't you bring it back to the whole piece about the value and fun and what you find about a wiffle ball
1: um you know wiffle ball is really fun um i played it a couple times and um i think the benefit of using a wiffle ball is probably because it moves a lot and you can't you know expect um or the batter can't expect where it's going to hit hit on the strike zone. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty interesting game because you can't really tell where the ball is going because it's always moving. But, uh, yeah, Wiffle Ball is really, really fun.
0: That's awesome, man. I mean, there's Wiffle Ball tournaments around the wor- world, but you were telling me off air and you wanted a chance to share with the fans – We've got wiffle ball leagues, actually, Ash. I don't know if it's is it Canada or United States or on U.S. US. Well, you go ahead tell them about um, wiffle ball leagues if you can believe it, fans.
1: So some people might know that on YouTube there is the AWA uh, Wiffle Ball um, Association or AWA Wiffle Ball. So the American Wiffle. association is the most viewed professional wiffle ball league in the world based out of edmonds washington the awa consists of eight teams the northern nighthawks uh southern stingers east eastern enforcers central cyclones pacific pilots western wolfpack and metropolitan mojo
0: well i tell you i haven't watched a lick do they have a television deal
1: or uh, is it all YouTube? It's, it's on YouTube. Pro- YouTube it's all YouTube. And the Atlantic Aces initially well, started in 2015 as the Edmonds Wiffle Football League. The league rebranded as the AWA and started awesome. posting videos in 2020. Isn't
0: that sort of a a sign of the world today? Everybody, it's uh, it's not major television deals that they're the brands are striking for now. It's actually using YouTube. As, as a broadcast partner to do this. And I would say, Ash, and I haven't watched a lick of AWA baseball, a uh, wiffle ball, but I must say those names are fantastic.
1: Also, um, AWA reaches hundreds um, of millions of people each year and has been featured on networks such as ESPN, CBS Sports, oh, MLB Network, and many more.
0: Oh, they have. Okay, so, but I mean, fans, this is kind of where you know i remember talk, we were talking with steve buffrey our, our episode uh, 46 special guest about this and steve's a veteran journalist and um you know this blurred line now between being a uh, being a journalist and a broadcaster i mean these platforms like on social it's just it's enormous right i mean uh, especially youtube right and now so now um you know leagues like this even the you know the, the 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 bigger leagues like MLB NBA NFL NHL they're looking at social platforms as being a big gateway to help uh, increase attention grow the brand and attract new fans so that that's amazing you said that Asha
1: yeah um it's a really it's a really great uh, youtube channel uh, lots of fun. It's three innings, and um, only
0: three innings. Yeah, it's
1: only three innings because <laughs> um they have they also like they broadcast other games too, and in, in their um in one video. Do they have
0: a pre-game show? Uh, Ma- yeah. Maybe the, we can canvas they, ourselves as pre-game. They inter-
1: they interview the players before the game, and this then they interview awesome. them after.
0: I'm go- so sorry. They have do they have past games that they have on YouTube?
1: Uh, yeah, and um.
0: I'm going to check this out.
1: They have 259,581 subscribers and 321,284,475 uh, total YouTube channel views. And that is still growing as I'm looking at it. You know,
0: it. That's, that's awesome. I, again, folks, the power of social. Um, this is kind of reminding me, and I... And lacrosse obviously is more an established sport. You might remember Ashton. Last summer, we had the opportunity. We we did a, a our promo with about Jamie Lee Ratray, the Canadian Olympic. Um, well, Ashton's showing some pictures here. The wiffle ball diamond. But um, what I was going to say is, you kind of wonder with these. I'm not going. I'm going to call them middle of the road kind of sports. Um you know being able to use social to broadcast that stuff like i kind of wonder if the brampton excelsiors had had a youtube channel that could broadcast their games they would be even more popular you know um what do, what do you think
1: yeah i mean their uh, arena it's kind of hidden um
0: victoria park arena in, yeah, in it's downtown brampton hidden. yeah, yeah. It, it is hidden but uh, anyways coming back to Wiffle Ball, ash anything else you want to add
1: uh, not really. I mean, Whiffleballs an amazing sport. I love watching the AWA um, whenever I get a chance. Um, it's an amazing league, and uh, everyone should go watch them.
0: Thirteen ninety nine for a pack of 10, everybody, on Amazon. Ready for you today. That is Wiffleball, our All-Pro Go. And you're listening to episode 47 of the Champs and Chums podcast. father-son fun talk you're listening to episode 47 of the champs and chums podcast so glad that you're with us here your co-host anthony and ashton settling in on this great episode summer episode of champs and chums so glad that you're with us and ashton it's now time for our signature segment that's right everybody it's our champs and chums segment where we salute our stars on and off the field uh this is where ashton and i highlight a champ and chum for um The segment and so all this great talk everybody we just had a a great segment with our best of guest Craig Colby uh talking about books and a great Canadian media sports media pro like Craig um you know sharing obviously the inspiration behind all caps it made your co-host think a lot about well we actually have had a lot of Canadian um a guests on the sh- well, ca- Canadian guests on the show champs and chums in their own right that have been in the book world as well too so as part of this we wanted to salute out to some champs and chums who've actually found a place in the world of Canadian books have produced a book or books some of them inspired by their own self-success story and all their great journeys and and tales along the way. And then some of Canadian um, Champs and Chums authors, those have been on the show, that have written about inspiring themes that your Champs and Chums have always talked about here on the show, whether it be leadership, mentorship, education, participation, community, all these wonderful words uh, will be found in our Champs and Chums as we put a focus on uh, Canadian... Sports books and the champs and chums behind it. So Ashton, cha- take it away for your first uh, champ and chum.
1: Well, my first champ and chum is Lisa Bose.
0: What an outstanding guest that we had on episode uh, twenty-six, I believe it was. Ashton, the incomparable uh, sports media pro, Lisa Bose, uh, starred on uh, TSN, CTV. Uh, broadcaster, play-by-play, features. Uh, She worked at The Score. Um, What an incredible lady. And, of course, she became a best-selling author, Ashton, for her great Canadian book series. And you're going to tell the fans and remind them of what that is.
1: Yeah. um, Her amazing book series is uh, Lucy Tries. So in this series, um, there is a girl named Lucy, And she is trying many sports and getting good at it. So um, uh, many of the books include Lucy Tries Luge, Lucy Tries Short Track, Lucy Tries Basketball, Lucy Tries Hockey, Lucy Tries Soccer. And I think there's going to be a Lucy Tries Baseball soon. In fact,
0: it's already out, Ashton. That's right. It's already out. It was in time for the baseball season, of course. So... Uh, Lisa is just an amazing lady. It was so, we we're so glad to have her on the show. A uh, Canadian sports author doing... Well, let's talk about that for a, uh, a sec. I mean, what do you think the value and impact is for her to develop a series like that? Lucy Tries Sports. What do you think the bigger message is there for all the readers that have enjoyed the great collection?
1: Well, um, Lucy Tries is really sending a message um, about, you know... Maybe you're not that good at a sport, but, you know, with a little bit of trying and a little bit of courage and a little bit of motivation from the people you love, you can um, get really good at the sport.
0: You hit the button right there. That's Lisa Bose, great champ and chum, friend of the show. Uh, involved in the world as a Canadian author and doing some amazing things. Okay, over to Dad here for our next champ and chum in the whole world of Canadian sports books. And this one is self-acclaimed. This one is uh, beautiful in so many ways uh, because it is for our champ and chum uh, from episode 25, the great uh, Paul Rosen. Uh, Paul Rosen backstop Team Canada to a gold medal at the Paralympic Games in 2006. He's been to um, uh, three Olympics, multiple world championships. And if you don't know fans, his story about determination to effectively, as the book is called, never give up the meaning of my life, the Paul Rosen story is an incredible journey that takes you on all the ups, downs, thrills, chills, successes, disappointments, reality, and moreover, just great inspiration and warmth that he brings in his story. Ashton, you and I read the book uh, back and forth, and it's actually uh, written together. Uh, This is Paul Rosen's life story by Uh, A champ and chum from days gone by. We got to get the Raj on the show. That's Roger Lejoie. I think we can get Raj on the show. But Ashton, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, you. You had a chance to meet Paul when you were a little baby. And we got a chance to meet him as well, too, just before the episode. What's your thoughts about Rosie? A great Canadian book. um, Never give up the meaning of my life. The Paul Rosen story.
1: Well, he's an amazing guy. Uh we got to go to Tim Hortons with him and uh chat with him. And uh, you know, he's a, an amazing guy to talk to, so nice, so caring and uh he he um what he did with Team Canada was amazing and um, you know, uh his goaltending on the uh, Team Canada Paralympics team will never be forgotten.
0: Never be forgotten. Rosie, we love you, man. Uh, we're rooting for you, too. Uh, just so you know, a uh, shout-out to Paul. Uh, he's lived, I think it's been almost 20 years with the prosthetic leg that he's had, and it's uh, it's wearing on him. It's actually really uh, hampering his quality of life. Um, we, sh- we shared it on social, everybody. If you get a chance, there's been um, someone who set up a GoFundMe page the goal is to raise twenty thousand dollars. Ashton, do you realize it costs eighty thousand dollars to to get this kind of a prosthetic leg that Rosie requires? Yeah, these um,
1: prosthetic legs are really expensive these days.
0: Expensive, but I mean, it's much needed for a man that's done so much for so many. I mean, I can't tell you, it, it is it is countless the number of charitable things that he's done, even for your dear old dad as well to speaking engagements, personal appearances. And so the, the least we could do, um, is, uh, to help raise awareness of, of what he's going through right now. And I know right now, I believe they've raised about $8,000 towards that goal of about 20,000. Um, and, um, Yeah, we love you, Rosie. And uh, another great example to shine a spotlight on a Canadian sports story that found itself in the written word and through books. Okay, good stuff. Over to our next champ and chum, Ashton. uh, Who would you like to share with the fans?
1: My next champ and chum is Teresa Cruz.
0: What an outstanding lady. That's uh, Teresa Cruz, uh, veteran sports media anchor. Tremendous producer, as it was basically one of the forerunners for women in Canadian sports television. That's Teresa Cruz, our episode 43 guest. And of course, with all her amazing talents, Ashton, she um, also was a best selling author for her book, The Incredibility Factor, which what a great read that is! Uh, You'd want to pick it up. It's personal essays from some of the greatest leaders uh, CEOs, top leaders, top minds in terms of, uh, making impact and making a difference. So she, she goes into these, uh, interviews that she's had with, with some of the greats. I I know one I enjoyed quite frankly was the media magnet there, um, Jim Pattison. So, um, yeah, I mean, what an amazing guest she is. And uh, I mean, she gave us some real inspiring words there and Ashton, she's a big fan of yours.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, It was great to talk um, with her on uh, episode 43, and she's an amazing person. Uh, And as you were saying, Dad, the Incredibility Factor is um, about 30 stories and strategies every entrepreneur needs to know.
0: You got it right there, man. That's right. How, how could I not headline the fact that I think, well, I think entrepreneurial uh, stories are always great because there's always a story about ambition, belief that the road is never going to be linear. It's not going to be straight. You're going to have your ups. You're going to have your downs. You're going to have your worries. You're going to have your triumphs. And Lisa, uh, Lisa uh, Teresa told an amazing stories uh, through that book, The Incredibility Factor. So a great canadian sports media personality comes up with a great book inspiring those uh through her words through the wonderful book Incredibility Incredibility factor um okay ashton it's now time to shine our spotlight on our final uh special guest a champ and chum who's been involved in the world of canadian sports and you would know this player i would all i have to say is maple leaf forever And when we think of the many Leafs have donned the jersey, um, many of them have gone on to do amazing things post-career. We were very fortunate enough to get uh, Nick Kiprios, sports media personality, national sports media personality on Hockey Night in Canada, um, on Sportsnet, uh, 590 The Fan, uh, many, many ventures uh, Kipper's been in. We were so fortunate to get him on the show after uh, a great career, Stanley Cup champion, and of course his book, everybody, Undrafted, uh, which is a personal autobiography on how he made it through by actually uh, being just that, Ashton. He was undrafted. And the story of commitment, the journey he took from being a man that scored, I think it was almost 60 goals um, in in junior, to someone who had to kind of literally fight his way to make it to the big leagues and then ultimately hoist the Stanley Cup. I mean, that is a story and inspiration of a of a man that does good. Got a lot of time for Kipper. He was there on the team, of course, when I was there. And uh, and what were your impressions? Because you had a chance to meet Kipper in person as well too, Ashton, about uh, our best-of guest from episode uh, 37. That was Nick Kiprios.
1: Yeah, he's a really great guy. And um, it was a pretty... um. Uh, it was a great story on how we uh, met him in person. We were down at the Blue Jays game, and uh, I think my dad looked to his left or right.
0: Well, not I only heard the voice.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, and um, he was like, "That is Nick Kiprios, Ashton." And so
0: I leaned over, yeah,
1: and you uh, he said, "Hey Kipper," and then he and he turned around and he <laughs> said, "Hey Anthony."
0: Yeah, exactly. He's a Stanley Cup champion of uh, uh, fans, and he did it the right way. He put in the work, put in the effort. It's all in that wonderful book, Undrafted. So, that was a wonderful way for us to talk about our Champs and Chums segment, which features some champs and chums in the great world of Canadian sports books. And there you have it, everybody. There's a little bit more show to come. You're listening to episode 47 of the champs and chums podcast welcome back to champs and chums and ashton it's time to conclude what has been a fascinating episode 47 on champs and chums and as i always do For every episode, 47 deep of Champs and Chums, I always ask you, what did you learn today?
1: Well, I learned more about your um, vintage hat collection.
0: Well, wasn't that a great experience? And it actually um, plays back to a big thank you, which we'll get to in a sec. But I mean, that was all enabled by the great best of guest, uh, Craig Colby, uh, award-winning storyteller, You don't want to miss, um, checking out this book, everybody. All caps. It was winner of the prestigious Canadian Book Club Award. Uh, all caps. A great collection of personal stories, of personal caps by, um, by Craig. And, um, yeah, I mean, Ashton, I think that's what drove me to kind of go down to the basement here at our home and look through all of the wonderful, um, lore and legend that were sports caps I had so I want to thank you for asking me that question what did I um what did I what did you learn and you kind of threw it back to me I guess yeah okay good stuff well um I actually want to toss it back to you then because in every episode I kind of ask you but um you I want to say what I learned today is I learned a heck of a lot more about wiffle ball Mm-hmm. In fact, so much so, everybody, that I'm actually excited to, uh, when we finish this broadcast, I'm going to uh, go to the YouTube channel and check out some of these games. So, Ashton, I want to thank you for helping me learn more about Wiffle Ball. No problem. Well, it's been an awesome show, everybody. Uh, we've got lots of people to thank, as we always do, for making champs and chums power through the airwaves once a month for you, our great fans. Ashton, who we want to thank?
1: We want to thank the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who helped produce the show.
0: Power Girls and Uncle Dennis, you have been there through day one, and you're still with us there. We so appreciate your love and support for everything you do to help us make champs and chums uh, come together for our fans every month. Uh, We want to thank our best of guest, uh, Craig Colby. What a talented creative sports media pro he is thank you so much craig for joining us on the show uh you can go to uh, colbyvision.net and you'll see a section there to, to make it easy for you to make a purchase of that book uh it is a tremendous read um you'll you'll it'll make you laugh make you cry make you smile warm your heart uh that's craig colby thanks so much for joining us on the show. Ashton, where can the fans uh, check out more episodes of Champs and Chums?
1: They can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Play, Sound, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Podbean, and Castbox.
0: That's right. You can check us out on social, everybody Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, even TikTok, uh, fans. That's at Champs and Chums or our website, champsandchums.com. Ashton, This is going to be the most jubilant of July fist bumps, my man. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. And as we always say, Ashton, cheers to champs, cheers to chums, and cheers to an all-star day. Thanks for listening.